Hello everyone and welcome to episode two of the Actual Athletes podcast. Today we are going to talk about the art of embracing damage, also known as kintsugi. Often in life we would love for the bad times, the stressful times, to just disappear, to go have a wonderful swim into oblivion and never return leaving room for us to just bathe in the wonderful sunlight of happiness, of beauty, of peace, of harmony, of whichever positive word you would like to insert at the end of the sentence. However, simply repressing or ignoring the tensions within, the burnouts, the difficult experiences we've had in life will not make you happy. It simply will not. They're a part of you. And therefore, even though if we sometimes wish we hadn't gone through these experiences, we can't just simply put them under the carpet and step on it. Nobody likes to be stepped on. And even if they're unpleasant memories, they don't like to be stepped on too. That is something I actually really enjoy in the wellness community. It's all of the mindset work. It's all of that inner healing that goes on. And the recreating and the creation of a new relationship to these memories, to these events. Once again, we're being presented with an opportunity for transformation, for growth. We don't want these traumas, these bad memories and experiences to paralyze us, to mute our voices, to take away our creativity. We want to be able to look at these moments, remember what we were before it happened, what we were during, and what we've come out on the other end as. Because otherwise, these wounds, these injuries, will put negative and limiting belief systems in our brains. You end up seeing yourself only as a victim. You're giving room for the trauma to become your definition. You end up believing that you'll never be. And then insert whatever your limiting thoughts or belief system is. Maybe you think you'll never be good enough because... When this particular thing happened, you could not prevent it. Or when this stressful situation was happening and you were trying to get yourself out of it and you decided, you know what, I'm going to write a book in a month and I'll make money and all of a sudden I'll be fine. That's not how it works. And once again, it's believing that you're trying to put something under the carpet and that this simple action will allow you to turn your life around. Whatever you put under the carpet, whatever box you shove underneath your bed, at one point it will come back out. It will come back out because you will not have treated it properly. I know, I know, when we're on the receiving end of something pretty traumatic, we would like to do the same. It's human. It's completely human and a normal emotion. However, this will not bring you to a place where you can reconnect with your strength, with your beauty, and with your voice. And all of this will have an impact on you emotionally, mentally, and physically. I was at the gym one day, training with a friend, and we were talking about how, our, how much our bodies take on our emotional and mental weights, and how people who don't believe in themselves, people who have just been through a tremendously shocking experience, be it a mental and emotional shock, they all share the same posture. Their shoulders are rolled forward, making their ribcage collapse and hunch a little bit. 
As a consequence of this, the neck extends and the head goes a bit lower. The solar plexus, which according to quite a few mythologies, is where your confidence sits, is crushed. You have a higher breath, a breath that's trapped in the ribcage, a diaphragm that's not moving. So in this posture, with this breath, we're fostering stress. We're not grounding. We're not sending the breath to the lower belly, which is stopping us from grounding. And therefore, on one hand, we are making space for more sadness, more anxiety, more stress. And on the other, we're just disconnecting ourselves from our own powers. I recently looked into the Japanese art of kintsugi. Kin, meaning golden. Tsugi, meaning joinery. One day, Japanese commander Yoshikaga Oshimitsu broke his favourite tea ball. It fell on the floor, it was shattered. And he was heartbroken because it was his favourite bowl. I'm sure this is a relatable story. He gathered the fragments of the broken bowl from the floor and shipped them to China, where the bowl was originally from, and asked the craftsman in China to repair it so he could use it again and the bowl could have a new life and he could be very happy. However, when he received the ball back, he was shocked, probably angry and a little bit offended to see what the craftsman had done to his favourite tea ball. They had just patched it up. They had done their best and added some staples along the cracks of the broken ceramic. Imagine your favourite teacup. Something happened. It fell. You're sad. You send it to the people to fix it and they send you back something tremendously ugly and unpractical. Yoshimitsu would not have this. And so he took the broken patched up bowl to Japanese craftsmen and asked them to fix it nicely, to come up with a new concept to make this now broken and ugly bowl, which used to be his favourite tea bowl, into something beautiful and give it a new life. And so the craftsmen got busy. Fast forward a few weeks later, Yoshimitsu is presented with his fixed tea ball. What the craftsman had done is taken the broken fragments and glued them carefully back together using a lacquer inflected with gold powder. So now the fractures, the broken hairlines all around the ball, are made of gold, therefore bringing a new life to the tea ball. And Yoshimitsu was pleased because the ball he now held in his hand still looked like his favourite tea ball, but it had been elevated. The gold was giving it a new life, a new shape. And this is how the philosophy behind the art of Kintsugi came to be. It's not about just taking a broken object and fix it. It's about taking what's broken, but to turn it into something more beautiful than the original. When I say beautiful, bear in mind, we're not dealing with a Western idea of beautiful. The ideals of beauty from the time, especially around the 15th century, but we do have some remnants of it today. In the West, beauty is about symmetry. It's about the golden number. It has a heavy geometrical influence. However, the ideals of beauty from an Eastern point of view are more often connected to impermanence and imperfection. Beauty is found in the fleeting, in the temporary. Beauty is found in the imperfect. Therefore, going back to our broken tea ball, 
the fractures, these golden lines, are not here to act as a reminder of the death of the object, but rather the moment its life changed. The lines are a reminder of the history of the object. The broken, the imperfect, is not hidden away. It is clear for all to see. However, where once it had broken, it is now full of light. It is also the strongest part on the vase, on the table, on the object that was broken. In the same way that we say for humans that the place where the bone broke will now be the strongest part of the body, the golden lines are the strongest part of the broken object that is not broken anymore. It's been repurposed. It's been given a new chance at life. It's been given a new significance. And I suppose you could say the moral of the story is deeper than simply repairing what was once broken. Repairing requires transformation. Repairing ourselves requires transformation. And the place where we once were fragmented, where we were fractured, will grow stronger. They will shine with light. Don't simply call them imperfections, because they are so much more than that. They're a part of your history, a history inherent to you, a part of you you won't forget, a part of your odyssey that showed you you could change. In the age of social media bombarding us with beach bodies and perfect lifestyles, we cling on to the idea of perfection and how badly we need it in our lives. Just thinking about it now, it's a very Renaissance problematic as well, because they were seeking perfection at one point. It's also a very mythological theme. What were the ancient Greeks trying to present in their art, if not a form of perfection? These will be thoughts for another episode. As well as bombarding us with these ideals of perfection, life has a habit of dealing us deadly blows, shattering moments, situations where we feel our dreams, our creativity, our voice and the essence of our being is being threatened. And sometimes this is enough to cause a break within. We become fragmented. Do we stay in this state of brokenness? Do we let this define who we are? Or can we put some gold on our fractures too? Can we look at the person that existed before the break, squeeze it tightly, let that person know everything's going to be okay? Let that person know that you're grateful for what they did and for who they were. That yes, something happened that made us quit creativity, that brought us to a darker mindset. However, we won't be ignoring that break. We're going to elevate it. We're going to accept our brokenness. Spend time with it, like a puzzle, looking at where each fragment used to be and find the glue that fits us. Would you use gold or would you go for another colour? That is yours to decide. If you were a piece of ceramic, what would you be? Would you be a bowl, a plate, a vase, a teapot, an ashtray? I think I'd be a mug. But not one of the small ones, you know. One of the very large ones that you have to hold with both hands. And it makes you feel like you're drinking from the cup of a giant. Because this brings me joy. Now visualise that object. Close your eyes if you want. Hold the cup, the plate, the teapot, the ashtray, the mug in your hands and let it drop. Now your role is to piece it back together. What colour will you be using? I think I'd go for a coral or a dusky orange. One of those colours 
Yes, I think it would look nice. And that's the end of episode two of the Artful Athlete podcast. Find me on social media, the Artful Athlete, Instagram, Facebook, and let me know what piece of ceramic you would be and what colour you would use to fix yourself. Next episode, we'll look into the fake it till you make it myth and why I don't think it will do you, your creativity or your art any favour. Catch you next time.